I'm Trevor Cummings, and these are my thoughts on money. Hello, and welcome to the Thoughts on Money podcast, what we like to call Tom. I'm Trevor Cummings, the author of the Thoughts on Money blog and your host of the Thoughts on Money podcast. I'm here with my good friend and coworker, Sean Latimer. Hey, everyone. And we are going to be talking about an article that was written called A Leading Indicator. And this article, all based on this question I'm getting a lot right now where people have this concern saying, hey, I think fill in the blank is going to happen in November during the election. And if fill in the blank candidate becomes president, I have a huge concern for what that means to my stock portfolio. And the question is, should I sell my stocks because of my concerns in November? Is this a question you've been getting a lot? Yes. Yeah, it's interesting that uh, people are very focused on what's going to happen. And it's become kind of polarizing. It's a, it's almost like a, the doomsday effect that we've talked about in the past, whether it's uh, you're talking about pandemic or the election. It's really easy for people to go to extremes when they're looking at these. And uh, I, I like the article uh, because it, it really does a good job at wondering or guessing of what could happen. You wish that you had a resource that would give you kind of an educated guess what the odds are. Yeah, because we have a regular saying around here saying that nobody has the crystal ball. But if you don't have the crystal ball, what is the next best thing? And that's kind of what we're talking about. And in, in, in even to get to that part of the conversation, we had to start saying, you need to understand as an investor what the stock market actually is. And I introduced this idea with a fictitious contest. So, Sean, I'm entering you into a contest today, mm-hmm. and the prize is $1 million. Perfect. Here's what you need to do. I need you to guess the champion this year of a sport you know nothing about. So if you're listening right now, just think whether it's Super Bowl or World Series or Kentucky Derby, think of a sport that you just absolutely know nothing about. Mm -hmm. So Sean's in this contest. He's going to have an opportunity to win a million dollars. He just needs to guess right who's going to win the championship of this sport he knows nothing about. Here's the kicker. I'm going to allow Sean one resource, meaning before he gives me his answer, he can request one thing. He can't phone a friend. He can't have unlimited Google searches. Sean can make a request for one thing to help him give his educated guess. And my question in the article is, what would you ask for? It's a good question because you're right. You you could look at, like you mentioned in the article, who won last year. But what we know is past performance is indicative of future results. Or you could wonder who guessed the right person last year. Maybe they wrote an article or something, but odds of them being right again are probably pretty low. So then... The next best thing is what, what's Vegas think? Because ultimately, people vote with their dollars, not just their opinions. And they're pretty good at getting it right. I can't tell you how many times I've seen a sporting event where you think it's going to be a landslide or you think it's going to be a blowout. And then the team ends up winning by three points. And then you look at the spread, which is what they call it in Vegas. And it was minus three or plus three. And you go, wow, it's pretty amazing. They, they get it right quite often. Yeah, because there's uh, if we talk about sports... Even though it, we look at it as kind of simple, it is multifaceted. Home court matters or home field advantage or whatever type of sport that you're playing. If there's a recent injury or something's changed of a team dynamic or there's strife, whatever it might be, all those factors come into play. So when we made up our fictitious million-dollar contest and we said, hey, let's try to contemplate what would be the best single resource, the best single resource would be the betting odds. 
right? You have a collection of people, like I like what you said, people betting with their dollars or what? how did you say it? Yeah, that people vote with their dollars. Yeah, they're voting with their money. So you have this uh, collective wisdom of everybody inputting and then they're not just making these uh, willy-nilly guesses. They're actually putting money down. Mm-hmm. So if you had to make a guess, and I'm going to tell you right now, I know nothing about the Kentucky Derby, but if you had to make an educated guess for this million-dollar contest, show me the odds. Right. Because if I just have to pick the winner, there is no spread or anything like that, who am I going to pick? The favorite. Right. My guess is that favorite probably wins most of the time or else those institutions could no longer exist. True. So that's fun. Fictitious story here. We narrowed down what we think is the most predictive resource that we could think of. Well, then I gave another story. Had you heard that story before that I introduced? The guessing the ox weight? Yeah. No, no, I haven't, but I found it pretty interesting. Yeah, so this guy in 1906, he shows up at this livestock fair, and they have a real simple contest. All the patrons can write on a piece of paper and guess what they think the weight of the ox is. I don't know, maybe if you're a farmer, you have some background, maybe you can just look at it, think of, you know, size and weight. So all these guesses go into a bucket, 800, 900 guesses. Well, this statistician um, by the name of Francis Galton basically said, if you took all those guesses together, added them up, divided by how many guesses there are, which would be the average, that average would be the closest to the weight of the ox. Now, that's a hypothesis, but what they did is they actually took the weight of the ox, looked at that hypothesis, and it was exactly right. So then you start to think and realize there's this idea, and there's a book called this, The Wisdom of Crowds, that if you get enough collective input and all available information is there in one source from many different people, you start to get a really powerfully predictive estimate. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it makes complete sense. Going back to the original question, people are talking about the election and uh, they don't have uh, they might have betting odds. Well, we should look. They that do. Up. They absolutely have betting odds. Well, I would assume that the betting odds and the polls are probably saying that Joe Biden would win. Looked up something that I said just out of curiosity uh, in election years, and uh, you know how has the market responded? And seventeen out of twenty-three uh, elections, the market's ended positive, and it's averaged about seven point one percent if you're looking at S and P. So that kind of made me think that it's probably not necessarily which party wins. It's probably more just like maybe certainty and closure. So once it does happen, that it gives the, the rest of the year, the market to kind of level off. But like what you were talking about, if it's already priced in, the one thing the market doesn't like is surprises. Well, in this instance, if Joe Biden's expected to win and he does win and it's already priced in, the market shouldn't be necessarily negatively impacted. If the surprise is that Trump is reelected, which people think would be good for the markets, wouldn't that mean that the election this year would have either, I don't want to say a, a no negative result, but I can't see the surprise being a bad thing this year. Yeah, it would be interesting. I mean, David is writing a, a piece right now that he's going to be coming out with in the next couple of weeks, and it's going through all the multiple scenarios of what could happen, right? So you could have Biden win with heavy Democratic showing in the Senate, or it could be a light showing or whatever those different uh, variables are. And I think that's where people don't even take it to the next level of thinking is that what the market is trying to price in today is what are all those scenarios and what impact does that have? What is the most likely cabinet that a Biden would pick or whoever it might be? And I guess the point that I want to get to, because we're kind of weaving a a tangled web here, is that if you have this gut feeling or this intuition that something might happen, 
you're not the only one. Right. And I think that's where we transition the conversation from our million dollar contest to the weight of the ox to how does the stock market work? Mm -hmm. And I know you use this language a lot of, hey, that's already priced in. Maybe you can unpack that for us or what you mean when you say that. Yeah. So we've talked about it in the past, but the idea of we do believe that the market is somewhat efficient, which means that things that you're thinking or concerns that you're having, you're not alone. Other people have those same concerns. And since we've already determined that people vote with their dollars, they've already made that decision, which is already impacted in the market price. So another thing to keep in mind, too, is the amount of technology that we have now, it's made it so much easier for retail investors to determine that change. So if they decide that they want to go to all cash, I'm pretty sure some apps make it like three buttons you push and you sell out of all your positions. For the people who do feel that discomfort and maybe they don't have someone kind of guiding them on their investment choice and they do move to cash, all those things have already been priced in. They've already happened. Yeah. So what the response is, the market is pricing your individual concern right now. Mm -hmm. Even the fact that you're questioning it or you're unsure, it's already priced into the market. And, and the name of this article, and I was intentional about how I named it, is a leading indicator. And the reason I named it that is that if you go open a finance textbook and you're doing you know, personal finance 101, right when you start reading about the stock market, the first thing you're going to read is that the stock market is a leading indicator. Now, maybe you've never heard that term before. You don't know what that means. I'm going to keep it really simple for you, is what the stock market is doing, whether it's a positive trend or a negative trend, is giving you a leading indication for what is happening in the economy. Mm -hmm. Right. So we focus a lot on jobs reports or GDP prints and things like that. But this is where I really want you to focus. What are those things telling you? They are telling you what has already, already happened. happened. Yeah. It's not giving you any sort of predictive power. What the stock market is trying to do is trying to predict what will happen. And I, I wrote this statement in the article and I didn't bold it or anything, but I thought it was really important is that the markets are efficient. They're really good at predicting and pricing, but they're not perfectly efficient. And I define that by saying that human beings, you and I, we are rational, but we're not perfectly rational. Mm -hmm. And what happens to the markets when I would say that they are missing on pricing is when that irrationality starts to show up in markets and that irrationality can show up in fear or greed, right? Sure. We know that this year, it showed up in some level of fear because the market was down 35% Yeah, in the early 2000s. Actually, let's not even go there. You know where it's showing up in greed? There's a lot of companies right now that are seeing their prices go through the roof, whether it's, we can't talk about it on this podcast, but fill in the blank. I can tell you a lot of stocks that are doing things I've never seen before, up 350% in a day for a company that's filing bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. There is speculation out there. So it's this point where a collision between... When human beings are not being rational, well, the market starts being a little less efficient. Yeah. And then I wanted to draw our attention to is one of the things that I think is probably really impactful is not only to say that your concerns are already priced into the market, but how about this? And I don't want to get into the politics of what somebody's beliefs are, but when somebody comes to you and they say, Sean, I am worried about this possibly happening and I want to take this action, the scary thing is the market might have that same concern that they already have. So taking that action would be irrelevant Yeah, y because it's not about something that the market is going to do in the future. It's about something that the market has already done. Right. 
And it's also important to think that that action doesn't really necessarily impact the market, but it really does impact the individual. And I think that's a good segue into why financial planning is so important. Yeah, go with that. Yeah, because if you're really planning for the next 30, 40 years of your life, what happens this year or next year or the year after really doesn't matter. And if you do make those irrational decisions that we aren't perfect, we've all had those feelings or those causes of concern. But if you do make that decision, it can impact the next 30 or 40 years negatively based off that irrational decision you made today. Totally. And it's funny that people laugh this off when when you tell them this, but you ask them, hey, let's fast forward, close your eyes 30 years later, you're in retirement, you're sitting on your porch in your rocking chair, hanging with your grandchildren. Are you thinking about the 2020 election? No. Exactly. Then why are you making a decision today about your portfolio when you're really planning for something that's so much more important? Mm -hmm. Um, And it's natural for us to do that as human beings, I suppose. But we have to challenge ourselves to break out of that mold and really not make decisions that affect future self for something that current self is highly concerned with. Completely agree. I'm glad you agree. (laughs) (laughs) Is it okay to ask that question? Should I sell my stocks? Yeah, of course. Yeah, people should feel comforted, right? Like you should be able to speak your heart, speak your mind and be able to walk through it. I mean, that's what an advisor is there for. I I hear that often. People will normally apologize after they ask uh, questions and we talk through situations like this and they go, oh, I'm really sorry. You know, you have to hold my hand through this or I'm really sorry that I had to bother you with this. And I I tell them, no, you're not alone. You're not the only one feeling like this. This is actually a common question that comes up often. Yeah. And the other part of it, too, is that you as an advisor, you don't want to portray this response that you understand what the future has in store. Could the election trigger a 20% drawdown? Of course it could, right? That That's always something that's on the table, whether it's a virus or an election. I don't know, fill in the blank. Right. But what you're trying to plan for is, hey, did my financial plan achieve what I set out to achieve? And those objectives are really defined in the beginning, right? You create an investment policy statement and you start defining saying, hey, here's some guardrails around my portfolio in the sense I don't want to see the value fluctuate more than this and this. But then you, once you put the stamp of approval and you put that financial plan in place, I feel like you have to tell clients, hey, we set a target that, you know, maybe we don't want to see a drawdown or a decline in the portfolio, maybe more than 15 or 20 percent. But you have to follow that up with that will happen, though. It will. Right. Maybe it's not you, if it's when. Exactly. You've, maybe you've avoided uh, the 50 or 60 or 70 percent decline because of how you've built a diversified portfolio and you've cushioned against some of those possible um, outcomes. But I think you need to change the language to what you just said. It will happen. Right. Like. Mr. and Mrs. Client, today you're 60. This money needs to last you for the next 30 or 40 years. I'm telling you three, four, six, seven times what we're talking about, you know, the quote unquote worst case scenario is going to happen. And you have to be prepared for it. I I want you to kind of go with this, but we talked about this idea of being surprised. They shouldn't be surprised. Right. And I think that comes down to setting an expectation early. And like you said, you set those guardrails, but you make it clear that this will happen at some point. And when it does, I want you to remember this conversation. So that way you aren't surprised and you don't panic and you don't have that terrible feeling in your stomach. And uh, yeah, I think setting that expectation is really important. Yeah. And it's interesting that you say it that way because it's to some level, you will have a terrible feeling. It's uncomfortable to live through those times, Mm -hmm. but I guess it will be like a gulp 
and then like, okay, I knew this was coming. All right, this is what we've prepared for. Right. And I don't know, maybe there is a sports analogy in there, right? When, you know, last night the Lakers and Clippers played and what was it, 20 seconds left in the game, 30 seconds left in the game, and it was a tied score? This is what they trained for. Yeah. Right? They they prepared for, hey, yeah, we just played a game that was, I don't know how long those games are, 50 minutes, an hour, whatever. But what really mattered was that last 30 seconds. Yeah. And I'll tell you, in sports, they measure what they call clutch, and those last 30 seconds matter, and they train for that. So you are prepared for that moment. Absolutely. Well, I think that was a good conversation. We'll be back next week with more common questions that clients are having. Maybe what we talked about today leads you to some more questions. Uh, you're welcome to email us. I'm tcummings at thebonsongroup.com. Sean is slatimer at thebonsongroup.com. We'd love to hear from you. Go ahead and rate the podcast, leave a comment, and then, of course, come back next week for more Thoughts on Money conversations. The Bonson Group is registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance and is not a guarantee. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced herein are from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analysis, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary. It does not constitute investment advice. The team and Hightower shall not in any way be liable for claims and make no expressed or implied representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data and other information, or for statements or errors contained in or omissions from the obtained data and information referenced herein. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced. Such data and information are subject to change without notice. This podcast was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of the team and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates. Hightower Advisors do not provide tax or legal advice. This material was not intended or written to be used or presented to any entity as tax advice or tax information. Tax laws vary based on the client's individual circumstances and can change at any time without notice. Clients are urged to consult their tax or legal advisor before establishing a retirement plan.